Welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musings of two early 40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of entertainment or relevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, grimly joined by... I'm Noah Tarno from The Big Quiz Thing, <laughs> the trivia game show spectacular. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. What right. a world we live in. So uh, uh, so every, every, every week we talk about some... Uh, some hot new thing, new being a relative term among young people, young being a relative term. And we try to make sense of it and look at it and talk about what we think about it and why it's popular. And Bill, what are we talking about today? Uh, actually, it was an idea that you brought to the table, which it seems so fucking dumbly yes. obvious that I just don't understand why it took so long. But I'm, I'm glad you put the obvious thing out there. We're talking about K-pop, Thank you. my I, friends. I appreciate it. K-pop. Korean popular music. That's what K stands for? That's what the K stands for. Oh my God. I read 30 articles and listen, and watched 20 music videos and I never figured that out. I thought it was thousand pop. I thought it was strike pop. <laughs> strike pop. Phosphorus pop. I thought, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's no, p- potassium. No, P is phosphorus. Yeah, potassium. Potassium pop. pop. I thought so, it was potassium pop. Okay. So we are, all right, we're, we're changing. We're changing. We're talking about potassium pop this week, folks. Uh, and you all know what that is. <laughs> yeah, potassium pop is a. Uh, no, we're going to get into some great vocabulary. Noah was telling me this before we went before we went live. Here's what I just distilled it down to. It's a cultural product of South Korea. I'd say something that really took hold after the late 80s, mostly the 1990s, when it started to become a commodity. It was a commoditization of music and image according to internally generated Korean music industry norms. Uh, And the idea is that this music was put together maybe because it's music, the way music is built, but it had more to do with the fact that it was designed for export as one would produce a rare earth element or bauxite or something like that. It was quite literally designed to uh, be a cultural product that would bring money in. And as well, it's a musical form. I almost feel like that's secondary, is that there's actual sound and music and whatnot. Uh, You know, like a huge feverish type pitch inside the southern Korean peninsula, as it were. So from what I read, credit is colloquially given to this dude named uh, Soteji, who had a group of New Jack Korean kids named Soteji and the Bull. Boys, around 1992. Did you watch any of their videos? Uh, yeah, well, I watched... One of the things I yeah. watched had, like, a, a couple of different clips, so I saw what they were about. To be honest, the music is kind of an afterthought here, but we'll, we'll get into that at some point. Uh, but Soteji... I mean, guys, if you... You got to go back and watch this stuff on YouTube in particular. These are guys who are, um, they're really giving you Color Me Bad mixed with uh, New Kids on the Block with like a Susan of Dr. Dre Circa the Chronic in terms of the production. It's it's like the lift on this stuff. The, the sources are so evidently uh, on, on the sleeve. But I think the Koreans really put a premium on glomming onto different sources of uh, input. And so I think it's like, to us, it would sound like this is a ripoff. But to them, it's more like, oh, no, you're doing the thing that we do. It's it's. You know, it's an iconoclastic new sound. Anyway, so it became popular overnight in South Korea, inspired pretty much an entire industry and decades and decades worth of imitators, hangers-on, robber barons. You know, there are, I'm sure there are K-pop uh, Phil Spectors and K-pop Brill buildings and things like that. And now... You know, the, the last indicator of success is, does it make it here to the to the culturally imperialist, ethnocentric, racist America? And so, yeah, you know, uh, this is, I guess, close to six or seven years now where K-pop has crossed over. And again, not just with Korean kids, but like your sort of white Anglo kids have adopted uh, K-pop, you know, and you all know Psy had a lot to do with that back in 2013. And, you know, I, I would make the point that uh, you could chime in here on this note, but I think Gangnam Style was kind of a novelty song. I think it was less the K-pop 
Robocop thing and more wow. and more the uh, Dear Commissar from Falco, something like that? I think maybe Dear Commissar is a good comparison. I think Gangnam Style and Psy were not a novelty in South no, Korea. No, 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 no. But they were view, yes. viewed as a novelty yes, here, yes. which is part of the reason why Psy, you know, didn't have a lot of follow-up hits here. Right. Yeah. And it's taken another five years. The big act right now that's really seeming to break K-pop in the U.S. is called BTS. They're a K-pop boy band that's had, it seems to me, a lot more success in the U.S. than any other K-pop act ever. There are some reasons for that, from what I gather. That we'll get into. But yeah, I think Psy was interpreted one way and interpreted another way, and one way in Korea and another way here. And I have to wonder what that says culturally. Like, oh, look at the funny Asian man, you know? Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. How did we regard Psy? And is that really a good thing or a bad thing? And and maybe kids are regarding BTS in a slightly less condescending way. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the mic over to you, my friend. Based on the research yeah. you've done and the the careful reading of the subject text, what do you make of K-pop, my friend? There's a lot here. What do I make of it? Well, at first blush, I don't like it at all, but that's to be understood because I don't like modern pop music at all. I'm not supposed to, you know? I mean, like 80% of the fans of the genre are are female and probably 95% of them are under the age of 22. Even more so, 90% live in East Asia. So what are the odds I'd like it? You know, at first blush, I don't like it, but I get it. It's pop music. This is a common thing decades now. It's as light as cotton candy, but it doesn't matter. This is the way the world is. And and good on Korea that they're breaking down some of the, you know, cultural hegemony of the United States. And another thing I thought, which is actually slightly positive, and this was just before I really read about it, just when I sort of looked at some videos, was like, oh, well, this might actually be a positive cultural thing. The stereotype of Asians in the United States, and Sai maybe as an example, this is condescending. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Asian men have always been viewed as wimpy, nerdy. I mean, that's gotten new life with a tech boom. I mean, it's true. Walking around San Francisco, a lot of these. I mean, you see tech people of every race, but there are a lot of East Asians. So the stereotype is that Asian men are unmasculine. They're weak. They're bookish. And that Asian women are exotic and they don't own their sexuality. They're these delicate, innocent flowers. And both of those stereotypes, I don't think, are very healthy or very positive. Look at like Bruce Lee. What do people love about Bruce Lee in the 70s? He's like, here's an Asian guy who will beat the crap yeah, out of you. Raw physicality. Like, right. He was pushing hyper-masculinity as an Asian thing. And man, I knew a Korean guy in high school could not have worshipped Bruce Lee more. Bruce Lee's not Korean. But just the idea of like, here's an Asian guy who's the toughest motherfucker this world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, this is positive. It's showing that Asian men can be sexy and seductive. It's showing that Asian women can be sexual without being just, there's still the objectification, but there's a level of owning their sexuality and that they're active players and that they enjoy sex. They're not these delicate flowers to be ravaged, you know, in this really cultural imperialistic way. So at first I'm like, all right, well, I guess that's not entirely bad. But then you read about it. And honestly, dude, in your explanation a few minutes ago, I think you undersold how much this is a product And I know we think American pop music is a product, and it is, and the record company's taking over people's lives, and the American Idol system, and all that. No, this is, is, these are widgets. This is definitely widgets. I'm sorry. Freaking Backstreet Boys are Dylan in the coffee house compared to these acts. (laughs) All right? These guys, they have monster auditions 
all over, I mean, mainly Seoul. 60% of South Korea lives in Seoul, I think. And then they just weed you out and they put you in a hotel and they train you intensely for three years. And then in a freaking computer decides how your song's going to sound. And it is so hypercrafted to an, you know, within an inch of its life. The guy, the, I, I don't know his name, but the sort of really big wig of the whole thing, the Maurice Starr, still think of him. He was the um, new kids on the block, Svengali. But sort of like the biggest industry head honcho, he coined the term cultural technology. And be, I mean, can you think of a more Orwellian way to I love to that name. I love that word. Cultural technology. And it's exactly what you think. It's this idea that like, frick it, man, we're going to parse everything down to the, the slightest packet of information to determine how this song should be produced and marketed and choreographed and how what clothes these kids should wear and how they should look into the camera. They've made a machine out of art and out of people. And big story in December, a member of Shiny, which is a really big uh, Korean boy band, uh, he committed suicide. Two months later, the band was on tour again. It's brought some light to this issue that these kids are put through hell. And not only that, but like, all right, now they got to deal with their fans and the fans are stalking them and they got to be on social media and they got to be, they got to be approachable. And some boy from some boy band and some girl from some girl band were publicly revealed to be dating and they had to apologize for letting everyone yeah. down. The pressure on these kids is incalculable. And this guy, they they shared his uh, suicide note uh, on Instagram. His family was okay with it. You know, he said, I'm depressed and I can't handle it anymore. It's awful. But the pressures of that life, like, it's amazing more of them don't do that, sad to say. So this is a pretty insidious sounding machine to me. And then not just destroying people, but like, it's not the way art should be. Like, yeah, fine, art gets commodified. And, and if you're a band and you sign with a major record label, like, I don't consider that necessarily a crime. But like, even like New Kids on the Block and Backstreet Boys, like those bands formed semi-organically. I mean, the Backstreet Boys are all just kids in Orlando. I mean, new kids, they all lived in the same neighborhood. But this is just way more of a machine. And there's no allowance for really creativity or anything honest. That leads me to, I mentioned BTS. And one of the theories about why BTS has had more success here, one of it is apparently they're really good at social media, which I don't know. Anytime I hear someone's really good at social media, I think 50% of that is they won the viral lottery. But whatever. They, they have that going for them. But BTS is under the aegis of a Korean production company that's not what there's the big three production companies but BTS's company is smaller and the members of BTS actually are involved in the writing and production of their music. So there is some creative initiative on their part and their songs are about school and and frustration, and I'm sure it's all very neutered. I mean, I don't speak Korean, so I don't know it. It's a little more honest than other stuff, than a lot of K-pop from what I gather. So the theory is BTS has broken through more in the West, and other bands have not, because in the West, we still put, comparatively, more value on authenticity. And BTS puts a more authentic spin on K-pop. That's what I read, I listen to the music, it all sounds the same to me. But that's what I read. <laughs> So that might be a theory. That might be a theory. Interesting, um, yeah. I was saying to you before, Bill, before we recorded, this is some dire stuff. If this is the way art is moving, we're all in trouble. I see some shoots of green, whether it's BTS showing a better way forward, comparatively better, or sadly, this, this young man, Kim Jong-hyun, the young man from Shiny who took his own life, his death forcing more of a public conversation in, by the way, a country where they've always had trouble speaking openly about emotions. Yeah. Korea has South Korea 
has the highest suicide rate of um, large economy countries Indust- over some Industrialized nations, yeah. Korea is not a good society for openness, honesty. So maybe this is going to force a reckoning. I, I, and I, I still haven't gotten that, like, really what I think of the music. I mean, I, I, I guess I did. It's not for me. I don't like it. Yeah, it all yeah, sounds yeah. the same. It's yeah. very fake. It's You see all these people dancing in these ridiculous costumes and all put the same look in the camera and the boys aren't really sexy. They're well, like a 12-year-old girl thinks it's sexy. And the girls just look like plastic trashy and that thing never appeals to me. So, you know, I don't care about this music. I, I'm going to, like, ibid. Everything you said I think is perfect. I would like <laughs> okay. to add, I mean, seriously, it's I, I wasn't going to come down on that vehemently just because I don't think I had the words for it. There's one thing that really intrigued me about it. And it was the origin story of, uh, there's this really good piece on Vox, uh, or at least it was a Netflix documentary called The Explained I series. Anyway, they did one right. about, about K-pop. It was great. And the, the origin myth about Korean music in this case was for the for the most part Korean culture had been locked in this airless bubble from the 50s because Korea had been under the series of any number of dictators after the war after Syngman Rhee you know it's a very conform heavy society as you as you alluded to Noah so most of the music was you know payings to the state and and your family and they were these very old-fashioned almost like constructivist propaganda type songs it was more like themes rather than actual songs and then there were these guys Sauteji came out and they were so heavily influenced they danced like b-boys and they dressed like color me yeah. bad they had like fades oh my god the, the baggy clothes yeah yeah and yeah like, the sneakers were oh the- my god it was hilarious and they were rapping like the white b-boy kind of thing yeah. they were wearing like ski goggles on stage yeah yeah and baggy ski pants. I mean, it's so out of nineteen ninety-two. It's so awesome. It's like I don't know where these guys came <laughs> from. I looked. This guy Sauteji is great. And again, Sauteji is is almost like the I don't know. He's like the the Elvis of K-pop. Yeah, maybe the Elvis of K-pop. So, or the guy Chuck. Maybe he's like yeah. the Chuck Berry of K-pop. Maybe that's even better. You know. <laughs> Uh, he he um, came out of a metal band. There's YouTube video really? of his cool. metal, this band called Sanawe. You know, he was like a music, he just essentially did music as a genre hopper. He just did music. He could do any type of music because, you know, his heart wasn't in any of it. I assume he was just a musical chameleon. He put on the whole thing of being like a b-boy. And so they could do all, they could, they could do all these uh, Queens, New York moves. A decade later, these guys were spinning on a cardboard box on TV and they just blew the asshole out of everyone in Korea. No one knew what they were looking at because it was the synthesis of American culture and Korean culture. That whole story was really fascinating that it was almost like, you know, a short film of all these stodgy, stuffy traditionalists being met by this one dude who was emulating like black American culture. So many of these things work that way. I'm really upset about art being commodified. I mean, look, it's always been an issue here, but this seems to be taking it to a new level. Oh, yeah. And I find that really disturbing. I, I That makes me sad. But Every I, time art is like just made into a freaking widget it makes me sad no i understand i just i don't think the korean Even crappy art is 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 got this beauty of it's honest i don't think and the koreans just, have the I same mean, they don't have the same relationship with what you'd call art you know this that's a very western concept i, I think the, I, I could be the, wrong the korean you know? film the korean film industry is certainly creative some of it is and some I mean, of it isn't who's the guy who did the host uh, Bong Jong Hu, Bong Joon or the old boy guy, There's Park Chan Wook. Chan Wook Park, yeah, exactly. No, those guys Chan-wook, are great. Okay, those I mean, those, those are one of a kind yeah. guys, though. Not even my cup of tea. Those movies, but but I still give them credit that they're artists and they're being creative. And and apparently those movies are huge hits. So clearly Korea has appreciation for honesty and creativity in its film. Mm-hmm. And there must be some good Korean music out there, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> 
맴돌고 있잖니 조금씩 빌딩에 걸린 녹을 끝자락에 널 떠올려 Why has this type of pop music become K-pop? This phenomenon, and two, why is it finally breaking through here? Well, in Asia, it's being tailor-made. I think that answer is simple in that, you know, each group does does multiple versions of each song, some in Tagalog, some in uh, Chinese, Mandarin and, and Cantonese, some in Japanese, uh, so on and so forth. And so it's easy for, to talk about cultural export. These things are designed for other cultures, and they're not, they don't expect them to just listen to the song without knowing what they are. They are made to fit the language and the environment that they're in. Also, they're very chaste. They're very innocent. There's no overt sexuality. The boys, like you say, are cute and toe-haired, and the girls are plasticky and Barbie dollish. They look like Disney princesses, just a little more garish so i think for a confirmation conformation i should say conformation heavy region culturally like asia in some of those places and i sorry to tar it with a with a white with a wide brush but that's that's i think what we're talking about here it's an easy sell uh it's also heavily westernized music which people i think love that sort of oh yeah forbidden fruit now the bigger question is why is it big over here now i'm kind of confused because we as we've never allowed the music of another country to enter into flourish here that's never happened there have been mm, boomlets yeah. of small little things you know and there are small pocket of a, of a certain type of music uh, usually it's the folk music. i don't know latin pop has going on 20 years now latin okay, pop has had a pretty good foot but that's that's an american that's an american born and american bred product and you're you're servicing a, a, a cultural yeah Spanish. okay all right you're right you're right you're right yeah. I, I take that back i was assuming it was oh music that came from mexico no whatever we call latin pop is probably created in like LA, so Los Angeles, yeah, New York, in New York, yeah. and the Bronx yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Not not to say that you know, obviously salsa and, and mariachi and things like that. There's plenty of it, but I'm, I'm you know, those America is Spanish now, you know, so that that's a thing that makes perfect sense to me. Whether you like it or not, America <laughs> is Spanish now. No, the question is... Kore- and you know what? I don't like Mexican food that much, but I'm still okay with it. Koreans, yeah. you know, you're talking about there are two major populations of Koreans in America. That's pretty much, I guess, or three. Los Angeles, San Francisco, and uh, New York. Not that there aren't pockets of, of K-Towns in other cities, but uh, that's what you're looking at. So there is more Korean music than there are Koreans in America. So you're talking about kids are now listening to a music that is fully in not just another language, but another alphabet and another whole cultural context. And we've never had that before you know at no point did romanian pop ever take over at no point did chatty and folk songs ever become big you know in florida anything yeah. like that that's what the we difference- don't have a lot of chatites here no I know, have I you know. ever gone out for chatty and food i don't think so trying to figure out what the kids are getting i'm assuming the kids are plugging into the sound and the message the spirit and the visual but i have to assume it's a lot like that high school musical thing it's specifically high school musical which is this very teen perpetual teenage product with chirpy upbeats you know a very technicolor type packaging uh, of the dancers and and the spirit and the singing and the do your homework and eat your vitamins and pet your dog correctly and things always spay or neuter your pets whatever the message for these things are kids look up to bob barker like crazy he's a big cultural figure but that i think you know that may be all i have you mentioned it that the fan base is overwhelmingly young girls and that's not a generalization that is pretty much the deal make of that what you will it's an other thing that's that's what tells me the high school musical equivalency might be on the right track i don't know but what do, what do you think well i got two theories first of all i don't agree with you about the high school musical comparison just because 
High School Musical was aspirational, uh, a little like American Idol, a little like fame. I have two theories about why it might be popular. One negative, one positive. Which should I start with? Start with the positive. Whether certain people like it or not, we are becoming a more multicultural society here in the United States. We are more open to people different from us ethnically. The American cultural firmament and American young people, even more so, especially, are ready for idols, bland pablum that is different from their everyday experience. It doesn't look like them. And K-pop, because it's such a machine, powerful machine, is in the right place, right time to take advantage of that. Whereas this would have been unspeakable 30 years ago, now... It's okay for an 11-year-old white girl to dream moonily about five Asian guys. That's the positive thing. All right, now, now drive to hell. Give me the dark side now. The negative thing is this. We are descending down the slope to the, the gates of Hades. There it is. And this music, I'm not even saying whether it's good or bad. I mean, I am saying it's bad. Never mind. Because it is so finely crafted, because every chord progression is analyzed and and systematized and uh, pumped out of a computer the size of a polo field. I know, what an old-time theory to say, like, a powerful computer is a giant thing. <laughs> what decade am I living? The size of two pockets! Um, because of that, we are a society that wants more soullessness, more anodyne stuff that's just built but not created from the heart. We don't want honest things. Now, that goes against what I said before, that maybe BTS is finally breaking here because it is more honest. But again, more honest is a relative term. So maybe BTS is like the way station from relatively honest pop music to the absolute soullessness of K-pop. So maybe it does, even though it's more honest, it is pointing us in the direction of less on. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore like we used to do We don't love anymore I was all of it for We don't talk anymore like we used to do If you were a kid now, Bill, if you were... 13 now would you like this music at all absolutely not uh this music i i said no. before the music is uh, besides the point there is no music here i you're you're not supposed to like the music i mean we're not supposed to like the music i think that's kind of what you intimated it is all uniform sounding it's terrible i actually listened to very little of it i did listen to some but i realized it's like oh this is all uh, no it's not the, the we're not talking about the music we're literally talking about the phenomenon the closest thing i could loop the sound around to that we would know of is the boy bands of our youth the the new kids on the block and like you said new kids on the block sounds like the mamas and the papas compared to some of this uh, stuff you know in terms of your your gritty component uh, as opposed to the synthetic i didn't listen to boy bands when i was a kid and i kind of despised the image because it did seem something that it did seem immaterial it seemed fake it seemed false it seemed disingenuous and this is even this is that you know beyond so there's no component of enjoyability here the shortest segment in the universe will ever do would you listen to this as a kid no what about you no not at all yeah there we I, go. I, I didn't like new kids on the block when i was 14 i mean 14 was a little old for it that was sort of a big boy band wave and then by backstreet boys and in sync we were too old you know there were very few boys who liked that stuff maybe i'm wrong i suspect most of the boys who like that stuff turned out to be gay because a lot of it is it's the first stirrings of sexual desire hey yo gg yeah, yeah. she's a cat oh, no. yeah, 
I believe we've already rigged the bridge on the River yes. Kwai with bombs for this question, Noah. But is um, <laughs> is K-pop the sign of the apocalypse? It might be. <laughs> it might be. If we get to a point where all art is created this way, we will be done as a culture and as a society. Art is it's at the basis of everything. And that includes crappy art, man. If art is taken away from all of its soul, to use a cliche term, or all of its honesty, or even its desire to be honest. So many crappy artists, it comes from an honest place. They want to express themselves, right? Mm. Bad artists don't have much to express or don't know how to work the craft. There's none of that intention here. It's just to make money. I mean, I guess the kids who put themselves up for these auditions don't just want to make money. They want to be beloved. That's only a small piece of it, I think, or should only be a small piece of it. If this is the way art is moving, we're in deep trouble. Right. It's telling that what arrives on our shores is the incredibly scrubbed, manufactured, and synthetic version. You know, to go back to the thing you're saying about uh, Korean films, yeah, the Korean films have been in some ways synthetic. I think that the, the Korean films were influenced heavily by American films, genre films from the mid-century, the same way the French New right. Wave was. They were in, inspired by movies from the 30s and 40s, and I think the Korean filmmakers have been inspired by movies from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And so you are getting this wave of filmmakers who are coming at us with stuff that very much, you know, could be American, American theme things with very heavily uh, uh, Korean influenced values, and it's a wholly new thing that's uncompromising. That's what we get from Korea in terms of films. And it's funny, the music though is, is not at all. It's not like that at all. There's no Korean folk singers, or there's not like a you know a Korean theremin player who's the first guy to break big. It's something that is um, designed for maximum impact, but it does lack the thumbprint of what maybe makes something uniquely Korean, which we probably still won't know the sound you know it's it's an apocalypse for youth uh, of a country where this is coming from because it, it it does looks like it's keeping up that idea of conformity it is the same type of conformity that existed from the 50s to the 80s just in a new cynical capitalist way that has a a different jacket hung on it but the idea that they're still building the same product with different goals in mind I do give them credit for the ingenuity of figuring out that you could treat. I mean, you know, we don't have an expressly, you know, an expressed enumerated policy of exporting movies out. It just winds up being that's what we're doing. I mean, in some cases, they say these movies will perform better, but Hollywood, in some ways, still fools itself into thinking that it's a culture factory rather than a dollar factory. I think we're only about a couple of years away from it being fully just like, no, we're here to make money from overseas, and so we have no pretense at art whatsoever. We're just going to give that that thing up but that's where the korean music industry is it's apocalyptic in its uh grab for the dollar and the fact that it's so successful just confirms every bad thought you might have about it though the opposite of like in this case yeah is that based in jealousy i don't think so I mean, as a kid, I desperately wanted to be famous, so I did have moments of dreaming I'd be, well, more I, I wanted to be a rock star than a, than a like a boy band guy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could dig deep enough and say it would be great to have a horde of screaming girls chasing me in the streets and trying to break into my apartment. And, you know, I'd love the 11 million Twitter followers that, that BTS has, but this is, I'm not jealous. I dislike this, but it's not a world I want to be in. No way. Well, what about you? I think you want Hard Day's Night. You don't want BTS, you know. Uh, I do. Oh, I would have loved to have been a Beatle. That would have been fun as hell. By the way, you know what You know what BTS actually stands for? 
Uh, it keeps changing, right? I thought it was Bind, Torture, Sing. <laughs> okay. I thought that now my dislike is not based in jealousy. No, in fact, if anything, it's uh, knowing the process, the the large factory farm where they grow these kids in um, you know giant uh, stink filled pits. There's no way I'd want anything to do with this. Uh, don't I don't like the music. So there are some top down things I could appreciate about the phenomenon as it comes out of Korea because I am such a big fan of their movie product. But no, I I think that the people that this is hooking aren't necessarily people that I would ever hook with my art, whatever my art actually turned out to be. So I, I don't think we're losing anything by not having access to the same level of fever and fanaticism. And I'm not jealous that these guys, these corporately uh, created Simon Cowell type products are the ones who are reaping the benefit. You know, it's funny, something else I, I turned up in my research, I, I think I half knew this, that, you know, Korean males have a, uh, I think it's Korean men, maybe it's both yeah. sexes have a compulsory. Yeah. No, it's just, just males, right? Okay, yeah, the compulsory military service, a lot like Israel, yeah. which in Israel, in Israel, it is both genders, right? Everyone has to do it. Yeah, uh, Korea, I think I think men have to serve like a year longer than women in Israel, but yeah. I'm pretty sure in Korea, it's just male, not female. And so it's another pressure, especially for the kids who are in the game. And I assume that there, like you said, there are tens of thousands of them that go out for just a couple of slots every year. But in the process of being this huge cultural Goliath, you know, a Harry Styles where you're being picked over endlessly by, by Korean tabloids, you also have to, you know, fulfill your service component. There is myriad pressure, like you said, from any number of fronts, culturally, familially, financially, etc., that you need to do. So it is. It's, it's just every time you look at it, it's a tough road to hoe. I'm definitely not jealous of anybody who has to do that or (laughs) has to do it anyone who undertakes such a daunting task surely is uh, more doughty than i am i'll give them that at some point will this thing take over to the point where every episode has to be about some subgenre of k-pop because there will be nothing else in our culture to talk about uh yeah i think there'll be mortuary k-pop uh there will be uh (laughs) culinary k-pop there will be lana del rey k-pop an entire industry just based on video games uh I can see that happening. You really don't like Lana Del Rey. How about KSMR pop? How about that? Talk about fusing. KSMR pop. Right? Oh, I'm, there's a money-making idea. I'm way ahead of you. We got I, ASMR. That is still our most downloaded episode of yeah. the show. Our plane landed in Shea Stadium, Noah, and the girls are screaming at us, uh, and they're ready for us to put on our concert. <laughs> B plus right. N. That's our career, our K-pop group, B plus N. All right, so uh, if if you want to hear some of those aforementioned past episodes of I Don't Get It, where can they hear them, Bill? Go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Visit I Don't Get It Podcast.com. Give us the goddamn reviews. We're going to read them on air. I swear, we're going to have a good time doing it, too. I am on Twitter at William Scurry. I'm on YouTube at am caesar and noah what about you i am at noah tarno on twitter uh and i'm all about the big quiz thing bigquizthing.com at big quiz thing uh corporate and private trivia events nationwide hire us summer season getting busy but there's always room for you and one programming note uh we're gonna skip a week because uh i am uh, traveling for my birthday uh so we will not be the next week but the weekend after we'll have fresh new hot piping content from the korean peninsula for you we'll find something so until then everybody we uh we don't get it the production of american caesar enterprises 2018